All right, so finally doing a recap of the Eagle Up Ultra 24-hour race that I ran at this point a month ago, finally making the time to do a recap. Getting right into it, I will say that overall this kind of was a disappointment to me in terms of my performance. I'll get into why, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. So starting out, my nutrition plan, a little bit lacking. So I had Pop-Tarts and Hexagen, which is Morphogen Nutrition's carbohydrate supplement that I could just mix into water and stuff. I had that, but I didn't have a really solid plan going into it. I was just like, oh, you know, eat some stuff at the race, have some Pop-Tarts if I start having a hard time getting stuff down, have some liquid calories, should be good to go. I had some pop with me. That served me well in the past. If my stomach gets upset, I can usually just drink like Coke or Sprite, and then I'm fine. My stomach doesn't feel bad after that. Um, I, I got lucky that this was one of the few hot days. This was the first hot day of the entire year, like actual hot day. Really hadn't had much going up to that point, so I wasn't really conditioned for it. So start off, and it's five-mile loops and fairly shaded overall, so that was at least of benefit to me. I start going, you know, it's probably a thousand people there, some running shorter distances, 50K, 50 miles, stuff like that. So I was really focused on do not let the pack dictate how fast I'm going, run my own race, don't try to stay with any pack, keep up with anyone. Adrenaline was running, I was going too fast out the gate. I probably ran the first 10 ish miles between a 9.30 and 10 minute mile pace, which is a little faster than I should have been. I should have been doing closer to an 11. Um, and at a race like this, there's always unforeseen issues that arise. That's kind of what makes them fun, at least to me, is that you have to problem solve with things you just didn't anticipate. And the first problem I encountered was most races I've done, in fact, all the races I've done, I've gotten a race bib with a timing chip on it, and then that's it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to worry about, pin the race bib on me somewhere, and you're good to go. This race had an ankle tracker, and it had a little bit of padding around the tracker, but it was you know fairly thick uh, thing that had a little chip on it so when you cross the finish line of the loop it would you know it'd be track your um, track your time and I wrapped it around my ankle at a comfortable tightness where it wasn't tight but it wasn't loose so it wasn't flopping around that made sense to me at the time turned out to be a big mistake which I'll get into later but that that was the first thing so already even though the tracker wasn't very loose it started rubbing excessively on my ankle it already like rubbed it raw in the first probably six miles not to the point of blood but enough that it was starting to get very uncomfortable so at the end of the second loop i stopped i pulled up as much as i can because i had a little bit of play in it and i put athletic tape around that part then i push it down as much as i can put athletic tape around where the top part is pull it back up to about you know so it's even with the tape and then i put some tape around it to kind of hold it in place and that actually resolved that issue. I didn't have a problem with chafing for the rest of the race. So I was good in that regard. Um, and I, you know, get rolling and I'm keeping a decent pace overall, still going out a little too fast. I run the first, uh, dogs, uh, I run the first marathon without stopping. Uh, so like without stopping to walk, I was stopping to get water and I would grab some food, but no more than like 30 seconds at an aid station. I was through stuff real quick, which was good in terms of timing, but I really should have mixed in more walking looking back at it now. I figured I'd just run at like a moderately slow pace and just do that for a while. Then I eventually would mix in walking. I was like, okay, I'll run the first 50K without walking. And then after that, I'll start mixing it up a little bit. Big mistake. Shouldn't have done that, but that's what I did. 
ran the first 50k without taking a walk break um making great time way too good a time and it, at that point it started to get very hot the sun was out there wasn't really any cloud cover um, the shaded pr uh, parts of the trail were nice but still with some spots with exposed sun and it started really getting to me i started overheating very very quickly and i just could not seem to run at all without overheating i let myself get too deep into my exertion and letting my body heat up too much that was also the importance of walking like giving my chance of body to cool down which i didn't do and you know thankfully i at least had hydrogen it's morphogen nutrition's electrolyte supplement so i do want to thank morphogen nutrition for their electrolyte supplement it came in so clutch not getting paid to say this it's just a dope supplement i i noticed like a perceivable difference when i would take a scoop of it as a super good electrolyte profile in terms of having the right amounts of sodium to potassium to magnesium of a completely full electrolyte profile and it tastes great so it was easy to get down even if my stomach didn't like really want anything going down at that point so that definitely saved me like running that long i get more in tune with my body because all i'm paying attention to is like my breath and how my body feels and probably about 10 to 15 minutes after i would take a scoop of that i would feel noticeably better i would keep a better pace that came in super clutch, especially during the hot part of the day. That seemed to take care of all my electrolyte uh, needs. So that helped a lot, but I still was just overheating. Um, didn't have an ice bandana, which I should have had, and I will have for future hot races. But I, I was forced to slow down a little bit more, start walking, uh, mixing it up a little bit. But I still was keeping a pretty good pace up to 50 miles. I think I hit the 50-mile point around nine hours and 45 minutes, I think, somewhere around there, not 9.45 to 10, 10 hours. And I was really far ahead of schedule because I think realistically I probably should have been closer to 11 hours for that first 50. But I was going too fast. And after I got done with the first 50, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm too far ahead of schedule right now. I'm dangerously ahead of schedule. I need to slow down more. So I started forcing myself to take a few walk breaks um, and you know, I, I had some great support. My parents drove me to the race because I was staying at their house. That was just like an easier option for me because I didn't want to drive home. So I left my car there so that then they could come pick me up at the end. But, um, they came out to the start of the race and then they came back later in the race with my brother, hung out for a little while. So it was super cool to see them and, um, my girlfriend, or I guess my fiance now, um, but girlfriend at the time uh drove down after work and she had to work the next day too so it was, it was cool that she you know came down she brought me some stuff that i needed hung out for a little bit and i saw her briefly as i was like going through and finishing a five mile loop and then you know coming back and finishing the next one i would see her uh and then shout out to my friend chris uh, who came out with his kids uh noah and leia and he came out to the race with the intention, you know, probably stay for a few hours and then head back. Um, he came from Columbus, so it was a little bit of a drive for him, probably like two hours or something like that. And he saw the tent set up because there was a bunch of tents set up where people were camping, setting up their own aid stations. And he was like, oh, this is dope. I'm just going to do an impromptu camping trip. And he went to like Walmart or something, bought a tent and just random camping supplies and stayed for the remainder of the race, like through the night, all of that. So uh, I want to give a shout out to Chris. I do appreciate it because it was real nice. I could you know, keep in contact with him if I needed something at the end of a loop. 
you know, he had it ready for me. So that was kind of nice. Um, it was kind of like an impromptu crew, I suppose. Uh, so I was, you know, knocking out miles fairly well. And I started slowing down a decent amount once I started getting into the 60 mile range. And I was having some stomach issues at that point where I just wasn't really feeling good. Things just were not sitting right. And I just felt off. And my right knee was bugging me a good amount. And then I had the normal amount of pain in my feet and in my hips. But for some reason, my right foot was in a lot more pain than my left foot. It just, it was significantly different. And it was my ankle tracker. I had put it at, you know, with a little bit of looseness originally, but I did not take into account the fact that my ankle and feet were going to swell significantly. And my ankle swelled into the tracker plus. So it was like tight against the tracker. You might say like, why didn't you just like take it off or something like that and try to, you know, do something else with it so it wasn't on your ankle. One, the tracker had said, like, don't reapply or don't remove. So I wasn't sure if there would be an issue with that. Like, now looking back, I'm not sure if that would have been an issue. But at the time, I didn't even realize that my ankle had swelled into the tracker. Things just hurt, so I didn't think there would be an issue. At this point, my... And at this point, my right knee was... I, I really couldn't bend it much. I, I, I would stop for a little bit maybe to walk or something like that and then I every time I stopped I had to just tell myself you know little little steps little steps I would like audibly say that out loud, like, okay, little steps. And I start taking little steps and my body would open up a little bit. And then I could get like a shuffle jog going. Uh, and now I actually heard some great advice. I'm going to implement with my next race of doing some high knees and some butt kicks every once in a while, just, even if it's for a short amount of time, just to keep the body loose, try to keep everything a little bit more mobile. Cause I was just in the same running position and my body was just locking up because I wasn't varying my position and forcing my body into like a little bit of a bigger range of motion. So I think that was definitely a big issue is I just wasn't taking time to open myself up much. And I just got into this like locked position where I couldn't bend my knee very much. I couldn't really lift my feet up very high. And I, I couldn't run very well. And I, I mean, by the time I hit mile 70, I was having severe stomach issues. I mean, this might be too TMI, but okay. I'll just say I was going to the porta potty a lot and uh, it was not solid. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's probably already too much team, like too much information, but it was like my anytime I had anything, any food, didn't matter what it was, protein, carbs, fat, salty, sweet, liquid, non-liquid. Like in the past, I could just have Coke or something if my stomach was upset and that sat fine. But I was at the point where like my stomach couldn't even really handle water. If I had any amount of water, I, I just, it would destroy my stomach. I probably stopped at the porta potty four or five times in the last 15 to 20 miles. It was, it was not a good experience in terms of that. And I was just all jacked up at that point. And I tell you, I mean, the probably one of the lowest points to backtrack a little bit, one of the lowest points in the race was mile 32 to 41 or so. Cause at that point I already was like, 
my body's hurting, uh, if I'm slowing down significantly, and I just projected so far out that I was like, I, at this rate, I'm not going to get 100 miles, you know, and it's just such a mistake to not stay present in those moments, and to project so far out into the future is not good. In running or life, to just think of the worst situation and then just think like, oh, this is what's going to happen when I'm not even in a position to worry about that yet. Um, and I definitely had a lot of that where, you know, at mile 70, I just was realizing that like a hundred miles ain't happening unless I somehow miraculously turned it up to some outrageous level, a hundred miles just isn't happening. And so I already had a little bit of a defeated feeling at that point where I was just kind of coming to terms with the fact I probably wasn't going to reach my goal. And again, I was probably was projecting a little too far out. Should have just focused on the next aid station, the next loop kept present, but I I just fell out of that, which was unfortunate. It's a learning experience uh, for next time. But I, I don't know. I just, my stomach combined with not being able to bend my knee and really, like, I, I couldn't really run, you know, towards the end, probably around mile 75. Like, I just couldn't run almost at all because I couldn't bend my knee to lift my leg up. I was kind of walking, I guess, like a peg leg pirate where you kind of, just bring your leg forward instead of bend at the knee like a normal person would walk. So I, I was having a lot of issues with that. That was causing a, a compensation in my hips. Then my hips were in much more pain than they were, which, you know, you know, Crimea River, that's just what, what ultras are is, you know, f- figuring out ways to work through those pains and difficulties. But I was just kind of stuck in it at that moment. And it, it just started becoming obvious to me I wasn't going to get 100 miles and just feeling a little defeated because of that. Um, and shout out to my friend Chris. So I, I walked uh, the second to last loop. I walked mile um, 75 to 80 pretty much completely. I don't know if I ran at all. And I was getting ready to go out in the next loop. And Chris was like, hey, you need anything? I think at that point I was like, no, I got all the stuff I need. I was like, I'm probably just going to walk this next loop because I just can't run anymore. And he's like, oh, I'll walk it with you. Um, so that was cool. We ended up just walking that last loop talking and I actually like, you know, mentally and emotionally, I felt decent, but just in the back of my head, I was just like, I can't like, I don't know, this isn't working. I'm pretty much spent. And at that point, my brain was doing anything to try to keep me from doing another loop after that one. And I had all kinds of thoughts of just like, well, this is going to take me about two hours to do this loop. And after I get done, with this loop, I'm probably going to slow down a little bit more, and that'll leave me with about two and a half hours to do another loop before the time runs out. So realistically, I may not even have time to do another loop after this, so I probably should just stop after this loop. And and then, like, more of the crazy thoughts of, like, like maybe I should, you know, slow down a little bit intentionally so then there's absolutely no chance I can go out on another loop because I won't have enough time to, you know, complete another loop. And just crazy thoughts like that where I, I feel like I didn't give in to that. I feel like I didn't intentionally slow down more to try to make that I wouldn't make sense to go out on another loop. But it kind of leaves some doubt in my mind if I gave in or if I didn't. I honestly, I have some doubts. I think maybe I could have pushed myself a little bit more on that last loop, walked it a little bit faster at least. And some more of the crazy thoughts that I had, I was like, well, you know, I, I ran at a pretty good pace for the first 50 miles to 100K, but now because I've slowed down so much and I walk this last two loops, it's going to make my average pace for the whole event be much slower. And it's going to look like I 
you know, maybe fast walked all of it, you know, and, you know, people are going to think maybe I fast walked it and didn't actually run that much. And like, oh, that's a slow pace. And now I'm like, you know, now that I'm in the same mind, I'm like, who cares? I don't care if people think that it was a slow pace or that it's not impressive. I don't care. But in the moment, it was just like anything my brain could think of to make me want to quit. Um, it just was using. So it was just like, you know, why, why go out and walk more and just bring down your average pace? You're not going to hit your goal of a hundred miles anyway. So you should probably just stop. And, you know, at the, at the end of that loop, I did stop. I was like, all right, I'm done. And part of, I think what allowed me the mental space to do that is also because I knew I wasn't going to get a DNF because it's a timed race. So technically, even though I stopped and I quit, you know, I'm just taking a two and a half hour break until time, you know, runs out. And then coincidentally, the end of the race is happening. So um, I don't technically get a DNF. But in my, in, like, in my heart, I know that it really was a DNF because it's a 24 hour race. I didn't go the full 24 hours. You know, I did a 21 and a half hour race and then took a two and a half hour break in quotes. And it's just it, it wasn't a true 24 hour race because I did not apply myself for that entire 24 hours so that leaves a little bit of a salty taste in my mouth i'm a little disappointed in myself for that i'm not in emotional turmoil over it but i i know that i i think i could have given it a little bit more than what i did you know after i got done with my one and only 100 miler when i got finished with that i knew without a doubt that i gave as close to 100 percent as i could have and i had no doubt in my mind that i i left it all out on that course and i gave it everything i had this this race, I I have some doubt if I really left it all out in the course, uh, which is unfortunate. That doesn't feel good, you know. And even though I was super messed up after the race, um, Chris drove me home, and my body really locked up sitting in the truck. So getting out, like I couldn't walk on my own. I had my cane in my right hand and my arm around Chris, my left arm around Chris, and was kind of shuffling in, but I, I, I don't think I could have walked on my own power. I mean, maybe I could have crawled or kind of somewhat shuffled with the cane, but I couldn't bend almost either of my knees, but I definitely couldn't bend my right knee. So there was like a little step that was probably, I don't know, three inches at most, and I could barely get my foot up over that. And then there were some normal space steps to get into my parents' house from the garage. And I could kind of bend my left leg, so I would would get that foot up and then kind of push myself up so I could, you know, with my straight right leg, kind of get it up on the stairs. And I hobbled up the stairs like that with the help of Chris and lay down on, on the bed. And it's just such a weird feeling because I'm just so spent and soaking in the experience, you know, that I still ran 86 miles, which does, you know, that at least feels cool. But it just... Even in that moment when I was lying on the bed, I was like, I don't know. I think I could have probably done one more loop. Even if it would have been slow, I probably could have done one more. Just having that in the back of my head just take took away a little bit of the sweetness of it. And I, I want to be clear, I, it's not, it didn't ruin my experience. I'm not like, oh, that was a waste of time. It was an incredible race. The people there were incredible. All the family and friends that came out, fantastic. I still ran 86 miles. I'm happy about that i'm you know disappointed with aspects of my performance but it was a great time it was a memorable experience um, i think i'm going to look back on it as a great learning experience for me so it, it was great in that regard there's just things that i wish i would have done better and i hopefully will do better in the future 
so I, I really want to take a stab at 100 miles. Uh, I, I don't know if it will be this year. At the very least, I want to do some 50 milers and 100Ks and really iron out my pacing, really iron out my nutrition, just dial everything in. And then when I feel like I'm dialed in sufficiently and I have some good training underneath me, I, I want to make another stab at 100. But yeah, so I you know hopefully kept that a little bit shorter than some of my other race recaps. But that was... That was my experience uh, running, with, I guess what turned out to be 86.3 miles. Lots of stomach issues, nutrition issues, physical issues, but um, it was a really incredible race. I had a great support system, um, great learning experience. And, oh, actually, I think I have my medal. Yeah. So I got the 50-50, which is 50 miles plus 50K. I, hope, I don't know if that can... Um, I don't know if that focuses, but 50 miles plus 50K, it's a dope metal. Uh, yeah, so that is the Eagle Up Ultra 2023 race recap. Uh, if you made it this far, appreciate you watching. Liking the video would be helpful. Apparently, that makes it like boosted in the algorithm. Subscribe if you haven't. That would be dope. And yeah, uh, until next time.